You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first. Very honored that you joined us tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Sarrow right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what you do, man. Man, what's crack-a-lacking, baby? What's crack-a-lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. President Trump is reacting forcefully to a New York Times story about cooperation between his White House counsel, Don McGahn, and the Russia investigation. NPR's Mara Lyonson reports on the tweets the president has posted this morning. The Times reports that McGahn cooperated with the special counsel talking to investigators as they tried to determine whether the president obstructed justice. The Times suggests that part of McGahn's motivation was to protect himself in case Trump decided to blame him for any illegal actions, the way Richard Nixon did with his White House counsel, John Dean. Today, Trump lashed out at the Times in a tweet for suggesting that McGahn was, quote, a John Dean-style rat. The president also said he allowed McGahn to cooperate and repeated that he had nothing to hide. Mara Lyason, NPR News. To Germany, where Chancellor Angela Merkel and Russian President Vladimir Putin held talks this weekend focusing on the conflicts in Syria and Ukraine. Esme Nicholson reports a bilateral meeting, though, resulted in little progress. In addition to the crises in Syria and Ukraine, Merkel and Putin discussed Iran and the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline. Speaking before the talks, Merkel said she intended to press Putin on Ukraine's role in gas transit to Europe. Putin stressed that decisions would be made on a purely business basis. 
The pipeline project, which is viewed with suspicion by the Trump administration, is also a concern for Germany's eastern neighbors worried about Russian expansion. Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov says that Merkel and Putin did not address the threat of possible U.S. sanctions against companies involved in the project. For NPR News, I'm Esme Nicholson in Berlin. Another earthquake has struck near Indonesia's Lombok Island. The quake is reported to have caused landslides and additional damage to buildings, but only minor injuries. There has been a series of earthquakes here. A quake there two weeks ago killed more than 400 people. Rain is said to be easing in the southern Indian state of Kerala today, where extensive flooding is being called the worst in 100 years. India's military is leading rescue and relief efforts. Chinese media reporting three people have been arrested on suspicion of hacking computers and stealing nearly $9 million worth of virtual currency. The BBC's Jessica McAllen. The Xinhua News Agency says police first began investigating the issue in March when a man in the northwest Shanxi province reported that his computer had been hacked and about $15 million worth of Bitcoin stolen. Police then worked with internet companies to identify the hackers. China has been clamping down on the manufacture of Bitcoin by restricting the electricity supply to factories where they are made. Authorities fear cryptocurrencies may undermine the traditional banking system. You're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side. We begin with an important story about a president admitting a major infraction today. You know, Richard Nixon often tried to hide the fact that he kept an enemy's list. But basically, there is something happening right now. Donald Trump is doing something you may have seen him do before with other damning admissions. He is now admitting that his motivation is building an enemy's list and he's doing it in public. This is a continuation of the story you know about, the White House revoking former CIA Director John Brennan's security clearance, which has gotten criticism all over the place. And now the admiral who oversaw the bin Laden raid weighing in today, telling Donald Trump, hey, revoke my security clearance as well. Breaking news, it is sad news for millions of music fans. The publicist for Aretha Franklin telling the Associated Press the 76-year-old Queen of Soul has died. Um, well, what Mr. Nixon, I mean Mr. Trump does, will be brought to light. Every action that he takes against me jeopardizes him and his presidency. So I think that you should watch his behavior and how he's unraveling. And I don't have any fear. I have a whole community of faith that's behind me, praying for me. And no matter who is in the Oval Office, Donald Trump needs to remember that God is still on the throne. And every single time the Trump people challenge me, I bring the receipts. Let's start with the district you're running in, uh, which is, as I mentioned, a strongly uh, Democratic. What is your appeal, your pitch to those 61% of voters who are Democrats? Well, my appeal to them is that the Democratic Party is not the only party that can represent them, and that I am going to be a catalyst for change. America's chickens are coming home to roost. 
Good morning and welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show. Here is your host, J. Ryle, along with Miss Kathleen Williams, Mr. Jerome Esprit, Mr. Elias, and the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D. Serious side. 
Dr. J. Rouse. So it's funny, Jackie. You, you know, you mentioned that, and now I'm going to have to take a real quick stroll down memory lane. I remember um, there was a person that used to listen to this serious side, and um, and he and you know that person said, "Oh my God, I just love this show. I love what you guys do, and I'm going to tune in on Wednesday." And I'm like, "Oh." And so he tuned in on Wednesday, and needless to say, he never came back to the circuit. <laughs> oh, my God. He was like, I did not know. Y'all. Huh? That ran him off. Yeah, he was like, oh. I didn't know you guys could flip that switch like that. Yeah, we can be funny, I mean, but we can be love, serious. I just as well. loved the show, and it was just—it was a fun show. It was a fun show. Really like was. I said, that was a time to really get together and just share uh, with one another about what was going on in our lives. I mean, as well as funny, funny moments. There were some serious moments yeah. there. Too, where we had to take not, time out not that to many. talk about current <laughs> events, many. and you know, it was a little bit of the serious side within the Jay Rouse show. So it was just uh, awesome. So that's why I just got into just playing the Throwback Wednesdays, Throwback Saturdays. So just check them out. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And, you know, and there were some serious moments, especially we were on there when Whitney Houston died. Uh, we were, uh, you know, so, yeah, so there were times where we got serious. Matter of fact, the, the birth of this show, um, which is a beautiful segue into what we're doing this morning, the, the, the birth of this show started from a serious Saturday because we felt that we needed to do something. We wanted to say every other, maybe the third Saturday of the month, we would do a serious Saturday show. And, and you know, and, and so it was well-received. But the folks who wanted to laugh were, were like, hey, wait a minute, uh, you know, come on. I mean, we don't tune in to, you know, Sports Center to, to, to get the news. I mean, we go, we come here to laugh. But at the same time, it told us that we needed to have an outlet for people who really wanted to sit down and have a conversation with us. And so the, the serious side started off with me, Rob Smoove, and GOG. Uh, those were the original char- cast of characters for that show. Um, and then eventually, you know, we have a thing called Afterthoughts, where if something significantly happened during the course of the week, we will pop on the air real quick and have those conversations. So it's been a good ride. So we appreciate you guys hanging out. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. A lot to get into this morning. Uh, let me break down where everyone is. Miss Kathleen Williams, she is uh, off this morning. She should join us if she can. Mr. Elias is traveling. We all know that during the month of August, Mr. Elias is out doing what Mr. Elias does, being uncle and whomever else to whoever, so he's out traveling. And of course, our uh, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, usually joins us after his uh, commitment with Clear Channel Radio, but, radio, but it looks like he's in here this morning. Let's see if this is the man. Good morning, Jerome. How are you doing? Good, man. How are you doing? You went outstanding. I'll take a chance there, Jerome. I took a chance this morning because there are a lot of one one ones on the board, and I'm like, okay, this, maybe this is him. So, yeah, we rolled a dice, and maybe I'll play the lottery later on. So, yeah, Mr. Jerome is freezing in the house, and, of course, uh, and, and Jackie's in the house as well. A lot to get into this morning, guys. And our resident texter, Johnny D, is in the house. We should hear from him momentarily. Once again, one last time, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Man, a lot happened this week. Um, Obviously, we're going to talk, spend some time this morning to talk about, you know, Trump and his list of enemies. 
You know, I mean, good guy. We try to go without talking about this man, but we have to. I mean, it's just nothing else going on. Plus, we're going to remember the Queen of Soul. Second set will be dedicated to Aretha Franklin. Not only was she just the most powerful vocalist of our time, but she also played a critical role during the Civil Rights um, Movement. So we'll talk about that. And then the chickens. Coming home to roost. What do we mean by that? We will explain. You have to stay tuned. That's the teaser. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. And of course, if Mr. Elias is not here, sorry guys, the chat room will not be open because I have enough to handle by myself without him being here. However, which means no chatterbox because it's not fair. It's not fair if we don't hear from the chat room. And, it, you know, we can hear from the people online. So, unfortunately, when Mr. Elias is not here, we will not uh, hear from the public through social media. But you can pick up the phone and call. You know the number, and we can listen to you live on the air. All right, let's get into it. Uh, first off, uh, Donald Trump this past week uh, revoked the security clearance of the former CIA head of national intelligence. Uh uh, uh, tr- uh, Mr. Brennan. So now, what Trump did was he revoked the security clearance, a lo- and a lot of people are comparing this to Richard Nixon's enemy list, where Richard Nixon had a list of enemies that he was trying to get even with on the political side. So, Jerome, let's start the conversation off right there. You know, I used to hold a top secret security clearance when I was in the military, and for those who may not understand the importance of former uh, you know, former uh, CIA agents, former national security directors, uh, former U.N. ambassadors and things of that nature. Tell people the importance, why it's important for those individuals to maintain their security clearances. Well, you want to maintain security clearance because when you change administrations, you should always be able to go back to the past administration to find out what was going on. So to maintain their security clearances, you don't have to recheck their security every time they come back in the building. They already have a certain level of security. So it's so that the people who come in there always have a knowledge-based experience. So you almost have like a board of directors. All the former people who were in those positions have knowledge. So say, you know, the world is, is not that small. So say you have a crisis in, I don't know, in Libya. So then you would yeah. say, hey, what did y'all do in Libya? Who was your contact there? Who do you know this person? It's practical to have open line of communication so that when you get there, you can ask the previous guy or the guy before him what is going on. So they don't have to right. say, well, this is top secret, so we can't tell him because he doesn't have a clearance. So it's for the safety of the person who's the new person there, it hinders them that they don't have the knowledge base when something really when something happens. Right. And when you think about that from you know, listen, like I said, I had a security clearance. And, and the bottom line is people could say, Well, wait a minute now, Donald Trump, remember, you know, Jared Kushner was running around there without a security clearance and they were sharing top secret information. That's because this White House is chaotic. But the bottom line is, like Jerome mentioned, this is a very, 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 very uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's a it's it's a it's a very um God, it's a process, right, that takes a long, long, long time to make happen. 
I mean, this is not something that you put an application in and all of a sudden, three days later, uh, you know, you have security clearance. No, it's a very complex uh, process, Jackie. I mean, I, I, remember, I remember when, you know, I remember my friends calling me saying, hey, you know, somebody from the FBI stopped by here and talked to us. I mean, they have to send people out to go and check your background because you're talking about sharing secrets, top secret information. So it's a very complicated process. It's a very time-consuming process. And it's just not something that you can say, oh, well, you know, all right, well, you know, we need to talk to you, uh, um, um, uh, Brennan, uh, Director Brennan, but, man, we have to go through the security process. And if it's a situation that's going on in a hot spot in the world, the bottom line is if they need to talk to him today because they need to answer by Wednesday, this guy doesn't have a security clearance, and it's not going to happen. The only person that can actually say, give him one right now, is the President of the United States. So now we are in a situation, Jackie, where our nation is a, a little less safer because now he is going on this, um, you know, and it's, 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 really, uh, it's really unsafe at this point because most of the people they just going after was from the last administration. And so if you have someone who's been in the job for eight years, don't you think – I would rather – so riddle me this. Would you rather talk to someone from the Obama administration if there's something going on or someone from the Bush administration? People from the Bush administration can be helpful, but you want folks who have been in the fray recently, not folks who were, you know, dealing with that stuff 10 years ago. What say you? Well, I'm in agreement with you. I mean, this is just – I don't know if nothing else to say about this. This is just adding more to the craziness of this administration. And what they're doing. I mean, just <laughs> just, oh, just roll out the floor for Putin, Russia, and whoever else he's trying to roll out the, the, the red carpet for. It's, it's, just, it's just a danger, a serious danger to this country. Serious danger. Now, now, you know the thing that's crazy, and this is something, Jerome, we talk about on the show all the time, how when a Republican member of Congress says something that we agree with, we really jump and say, yeah, that's right. You know, that guy is right. And, you know, we talk about, you know, Corker and Jeff Flake and all these different folks. But when you look at it or when you pull the cover back, pull the covers back, they're still Republicans. You know, I remember us saying some, some good things about, you know, Senator, Senator Lindsey Graham. You know some of the things he said about Trump, but then, but but then Graham, huh? I said, speak for yourself. I ain't saying anything nice about Lindsey Well, okay. Okay, I did. Okay, you're right. I knew you were going to rebel like you always do. But <laughs> No, but you, you want the record to be straight, so I, I understand it. You're right. I've okay. said some wonderful things about uh, uh, Senator Graham. Uh, and so guess what? He supports this. He says, oh, the president, this guy is on television saying things, and, you know, and, and, and you know, he, his security clearance should be revoked. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Kennedy, Representative Kennedy, John Kennedy, the one from down south, I think that's where he's from, he's talking about, you know, the, the guy was being a butthead. Since when we live in, an, in, a, in a country where a person can't have a different opinion from yours but yet can't do their job? We're, you know, this happened with that FBI agent. You know, we are human. We're going to have political views. But because I may work for someone who supports Trump, look, I work in the energy corridor. All those guys love Trump. 
That doesn't mean I'm behind the scenes trying to do, you know, diabolical things or bring the company down. I mean, I'm professional enough to know to set aside my personal differences to do my job. Why can't people accept that, Jerome? Um, because of arrogance and supremacy. Like, I think people kind of have some kind of feeling about knowing that they are, um, they are biased. Right, so when they find out that they have a bias, then they try to act. They try to overcompensate by making you feel some kind of way about pointing out their bias. So if you right. like Trump now, don't ever say anything about we think that women's rights are impo- are important, because obviously you don't think so when he's there. Don't come back and then say I think civil rights and equity is important. You can't say that because you're supporting somebody who does not who does not. Um, who does not have a core belief system in any of these things. So you're showing your hand by supporting somebody who is oppressing everybody else, although you say that you want something different. So we have to always be careful, or not even careful, we always have to speak up and tell the truth because it's important that, you know, I know people say that they're getting tired of it and they don't want to hear it. Well, grow up. You need to listen to what is going on Because every time you fall asleep And act like it does not happen While you're still getting oppressed You wake up one day and spaz out So you need to see all this stuff As it's happening in real time So that you understand how it happened And how far it's going But if you start burying your head Just because you just, I got other stuff to do And I hear I heard someone locally On the radio said That we're not concerned about Trump We're concerned about you know, our local issues. That is a bunch of garbage because you can walk and chew gum at the same time. Those people who are leaders yeah. need to understand that, that we can see a bigger picture and figure out, oh, i got to go outside and cut the grass. We can all do that at the same time. So I never sit in the house saying, hey, I, I can't cut my grass because I'm thinking about how to write a proposal, Right. We have to be able yeah. to balance. And if, for those people who are not paying attention, that's fine. But those of us who do need to be honest and upfront for those people who are not understanding what's going on. We need to be clear. Well, here's my question. You said something that I want to push you on a little bit when we say people who are not paying attention. I mean, that's okay. I mean, I think that's the reason why we're in this predicament in the first place. Folks not paying attention. Folks voting for someone who makes them laugh. Folks voting for people, for a person that represents them or looks like them or acts like them. I mean, you know, we talk about this all the time, how, you know, a lot of a lot of people say, well, I want someone, you know, in the White House just like me. You know, my response has always been, well, guess what? I don't want you to be president. So why the hell would I want him to be president? So, I mean, I think that's a problem within itself. If people, if people are not paying attention to what's going on, it can lead to disastrous results uh, like yeah. the one that we're living in right now. But think about it. This is, um, you can't require, okay, so how the democracy works or how it's been working is that they pretty much treat everybody like sheep, right? Everybody has to have a TV. Everybody needs to have a microwave. Everybody, right? So we pressure each other peer-wise. It's like if you can't afford to get your kids school books, then you're a bad parent. Right? No matter how much they cost, no matter what you do for a living, no matter how much money you have, there's a standard that you have to have. And so when you're roped in like sheep to believe stuff like that, then yeah. you stop paying attention 
to the people who are running policy behind you. So we need to be careful to not blame those people who are trying to, um, who are working 12-hour shifts who didn't get a chance to see the news cycle. I would encourage them to listen to this show or find out from someplace else. Um, but it is our responsibility for those of us who know to tell the people who don't. It's not their fault that they don't know. It's their fault that it, it, it's our fault that you know somebody who does not know and you don't tell them. Because technically there's a lot of stuff I don't know. But fortunately enough, I understand that I, need, I can go to this person to ask or I can go to that person and find out. So, you know, I increase my network enough that I can actually call someone opposed to me having to know. So we all have a responsibility in doing that and to making sure our own networks are up to speed. But when it comes to politics and it comes to running for office, it is never the voter's fault for not voting for you. It is your fault for not being uh, acceptable enough to motivate them to vote. So we keep doing this stuff backwards where we want to blame people. Like I hear people blame Democrats and saying, hey, if more people would have came out to vote, and if I was one of the people who didn't vote, I would say, well, if y'all would have put up a candidate that I would have voted for, I would have voted. So you can see how this is going to play out, is that those political, that political behind-the-scenes machine that squeezes um, people like Biden out of that race because they wanted Hillary to win, says that if we nominate Hillary, y'all just going to do what we say. And people didn't vote. So make your... From the party's perspective, they have a responsibility to say, look, we need to put somebody up here who can win. I'm not telling them to squeeze somebody else out. I'm just saying that you want to give your candidates a fair shot so that it brings people in to your to your fold. But So that's your fault. Hillary did not go out on the campaign trail like Trump did. She did a lot of fundraisers, but she did not get out. And they were like, how come you're not visiting this? And she's, you know, in the Hamptons or someplace. Like, that is, it's how she ran that race. We seem to forget that cause, because Trump is so horrible, such a horrible person. But just like early in the week I said, she is a horrible candidate. Trump is a horrible person. There's a big difference. Interesting. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, Jackie. How do you feel about that? That it's our responsibility to make sure people who are not uh, who are not educated enough to go out and uh, I'm not going to say educated. I'm going to say people who are not uh, uh, informed in your network. For, that people folks that you who, can touch. Well, I understand that, but 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 well, even even so. So is it? I mean, Jackie, how do you feel about that? Is it our responsibility to make sure people are? Uh, up to speed with the issues and, and, and so they can get out there and go vote? Yeah, very, very much so. Because definitely, as Jerome was po- pointed out, we had two flawed candidates. So, so what about them? Asked- see, I'm trying to figure out what are they responsible for? I mean, I mean, okay, I hear what y'all saying, but, you know, I mean, come on. I mean, we take the time out to go out and figure stuff out. So why do we have to say, I mean, look, I know you put the message out there, but at the end of the day, people have to take responsibility for their own actions, do they not? Yes, yes, they do too. Yes, it's an effort on everybody, but, I mean, you just can't deny it. I was feeling like, again, uh, the, the lesser two evils, and I frankly hate feeling like that. 
when I'm about to head to the polls. It's, it's like I can flip a coin. I really want to feel secure in the candidate that I'm going to choose. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I just felt like, again, it was the lesser of two evils. And I was clear for me who was more evil. I really just voted for Hillary to keep Trump out. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, well, it's a sad state of affairs uh, if we get to a point where a president, because he disagrees with what you say, uh, then he'll go after you politically. A lot of people felt that uh, the reason why he released this situation is because, you know, once again, one of the things you can say about Donald Trump, you may not like the way he does business, but he's a smart media guy, and he uses the media as a, as a puppet. And the bottom line is he knew these are like, you know, weapons that he has in his arsenal. Anytime things get hot, he'll throw a story out there. It's almost like you have a dog. Your dog is doing something that you don't want that dog to do. How you want, you know, if that dog is chewing on a piece of carpet or whatever the case may be, all you have to do is just pull out a piece of meat and throw it. That dog will run and chase that meat, and then you can take care of the carpet. It's the same concept as far as I'm concerned. What they are doing is basically trying to deter people, trying to make people look in a different direction. It's the old bait and switch, man. You have to understand that. And that's the bottom line. All right, listen, our resident texter has checked in. He says, Access to a security clearance should be in relation to your position. We know there are different levels of clearances which require a more intrusive review of your life and secrets. The problem I have with revoking Mr. Brennan's secret, I'm sorry, security clearance, it was clearly personal. If the Trump regime wants to restrict and or revoke access, you need to follow protocol. There is a debriefing process that is required, and if that's followed, I don't see a problem with the action. Mr. Brennan is not entitled to a lifetime of America's intelligence cycle. A security clearance is an authorization that allows access to information that would otherwise be forbidden. Security clearances are commonly used in industry and government. When security clearance is required for access to specific information, information is said to be classified. Brennan no longer serves as the director of the CIA. I agree with him wholeheartedly on that statement, with the exception of one part. Um, you know, the bottom line is, is that you have to look at uh, practices of former administrations. And, yeah, you know, Johnny D is right. I mean, there are some uh, people who are involved with the CIA whose security clearances have lapsed, and there was no need to renew them. But to flat out, and I think he and I are saying the same thing here, to flat out um, to, uh, to revoke this guy's uh, security clearance because of the fact that, you know, he said some bad things about me or, you know, to try to deter everyone's attention from what's going on in the news is just ridiculous. And once again, this shows us how reality TV presidents are not a good thing. All right, this past week we lost a legend. We're going to take a look at that story, but we also lost another legend, and that brings us to this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to actually play the news broadcast from this person's home country to give you a, a feel of exactly what this person meant to not only his country but to the world. So welcome into this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, and we'll be right back after the break. Online radio at its best. Well, we have the latest stories making headlines. 
We begin off with sad news, the passing away of Kofi Atta Annan at the age of 18. He was born in Kumasi on April 8, 1938. Since 1960, Ghana has been a republic within the British Commonwealth, a group of nations dependent on Great Britain. Named for an African empire along the Niger River, Ghana has ruled or rather was ruled by Great Britain for 113 years as the Gold Coast. Annan is a descendant from the tribal ethnic chiefs rather of both sides of his family. His father was an educated man and Anand became accustomed to both traditional and modern ways of life. He was described himself as being an archer brio rather in the tribal world after receiving an early education at the leading boarding school in Ghana. Anand attended the College of Science and Technology in the capital of Kamusi. Kumasi rather. At the age of 20, he won a Ford Foundation scholarship for undergraduate studies at the college in Paula, Minnesota, where he studied economics even as he was showing signs of becoming a diplomat or someone skilled in international relations. Anand received his bachelor's degree in economics in 1961. Shortly after completing his studies at the college, Anand headed, headed rather for Geneva in Switzerland, where he attended his graduate classes in economics at the Institute University there, where he also mastered in internationals. Now, Kofi Annan has passed on at the age of 80, and he served as the UN Secretary General from 1997, January 1997, till 2006. And he served as the seventh UN Chief for almost 10 years. Now, this news has come, or it has been made as an announcement by the UN's International Organization of Migration. He is also a Nobel Peace Laureate, and um, he passed on after a short illness. He won the Nobel Prize at the age or rather in 2001. He's also the founder and CEO of the Kofi Annan Foundation. You want to remember that he played such a critical role in the Kenya mediation and he was at the center of the peace signing between former president of Kenya Mwai Kibaki and former Prime Minister Raila Odinga. This mediation became such a big part of his life that he went further to write it in his book. It is chapter one of his book, uh, The Intervention, A Life in War and Peace. Right now, we want to cross over to our senior political reporter, Duncan Hayemba, joining us from our INM studio to take us further in the sort of role that Kofi Annan has played, not only in Kenya, but on the African continent and beyond. Duncan Hayemba, it's good to be speaking to you. Truly a sad day for the African continent, the former passing away of UN Chief General Kofi Annan at the age of 80. Take us deeper into what his life meant, um, not only for Kenya, but for the entire African continent. Well, Zinzi, many appreciated the role that he played as the first African, uh, as uh, the Secretary General for UN for the 10 years, that is uh, between 1996 and 2006. But I think for Kenyans, they more remember him on the role that he played in 2008 when Kenya was on what was referred as the brink of precipice. Is a message for all you teenagers out there who are thinking of becoming babysitters. Go online and take the Babysitting Basics course offered by the Red Cross. Do you know where Mommy and Daddy keep the bandages? You learn how to handle situations like this? It should have never come to this. More importantly, how to avoid them. Do you know where Mommy and Daddy keep the fire extinguisher? 
food. Please, I'm begging you, take the course. She had to go to the store. I guess I'll be okay. You'll learn how to take care of kids, even infants. This is not how mom does it. Cat food, I'm begging you. Go online and take this course. The Red Cross offers classes that teach the basics of babysitting. In just a few hours, you'll learn how to handle an emergency. The basics of childcare and how to talk to the parents if something should go wrong. Take the course. Go to redcross.org slash babysitting and register today. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. President Trump is reacting forcefully to it. Welcome back in 347-850-1272 is our call in number 347-850-1272. Sorry about that. Welcome back in uh, as we uh, continue with this morning's edition of The Serious Side. Uh, <clears throat> I mentioned, first of all, let's take a few minutes to talk about uh, the former uh, the former uh, UN uh, Secretary General Jerome. Uh, the fact that uh, this man passed on and all former presidents have made remarks about his passing with the exception of one person, and I think we know who that person is. And if you remove former from what I just said, the current president of the United States has not even acknowledged that this man has passed. He is busy tweeting about Almarosa and everything else under the sun. Your thoughts about the former uh, Secretary of uh, the U.N.? Secretary well, General um, of the U.N.? Yes, the Secretary General Kofi Annan is... First of all, he's the first black um, to the. I guess he's the first person from an African nation, first black person to run the UN. And I can't yeah. remember how many languages he speaks, but I think it is somewhere around eight, maybe. And um, and he was very popular as UN um, general secretary. And the thing that I always think about when I think of Kofi Annan is just regal, like just how regal he is, you know, just his person. And every time, you know, they had problems in the world where they actually had to go in the U.N., he didn't mind kicking anybody. So sometimes he said to the United States, that's not right, you can't do that. And sometimes he sided with them, but Kofi Annan was respected across the board um, internationally. So for anybody not to send out well wishes just shows that they don't want to be a part of, you know, the global um, partnership that the U.N. kind of stands for. So you can see their disdain for the U.N. by not even recognizing one of their champions at the U.N. or one of their stars of, uh, of the U.N. And matter of fact, I don't think I can think of a secretary general who was more famous than Kofi Annan anyway. It, nobody yeah. popped in my head, so you know no. it just that says that says a lot about the person that's ignoring him. Fantastic. I, you know what? I don't even think he's ignoring. Him. I, I don't think he knows. I, I think this guy is so stupid. He probably no, doesn't wa- even know. No, he's watching TV. Think yeah. about that. Yeah, but I haven't it's, seen it's anything not. on TV outside. I mean, he watches Fox. I haven't seen anything he, outside he knew, of Fox. He knew and, Nelson and they, Mandela passed, but I'm sure there's <clears> so bad. Nothing said about Nelson Mandela. 
I guarantee you. What would that always be negative? Well, yeah, but they did. I mean, Fox did cover his death. No, no, I'm, and, and no, I'm saying nature. Trump. No, I, I was thinking oh, specifically yeah. Trump. So I'm saying that yeah. anytime it comes to acknowledging black folks or or anything that he wants, he just flat ignores it. You know, the yeah. only time he really says something about Aretha is to, you know, whatever his staff wrote. And then his second thing was, she used to work for me. That's because she had to be subservient to him. So his thing is, yeah. him even acknowledging somebody, it's always like, oh, they're beneath me, so I want to wish them well. Especially when it comes to people of color. He does that to black people specifically. And his hate for black people always shines in him. This is not an oversight. Yeah. Like we got to cover that move. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Speaking of which, it's a beautiful segue into the Queen of Soul. She passed away this week after a lengthy illness. And we're going to spend some time here talking about her in the second set. But first, let's listen to Lester Holt, NBC's Lester Holt, talking about the life of the Queen of Soul. And we'll share our thoughts afterwards. Online radio at its best. There has never been a voice like hers. And there may never again be anyone like her. Aretha Franklin, the queen of soul, an icon of American music. No other female singer was as celebrated or as honored as Aretha Franklin. 18 Grammys, 20 number one Billboard singles, 45 songs in the top 40. Our nation honors Miss Aretha Franklin. In 2005, she received the Presidential Medal of Freedom, a deeply emotional moment for the singer who had been honored previously by President Clinton with a National Medal of Arts and by the Kennedy Center. Franklin was a diva, and she made no bones about it. But she was also a trailblazer for women and an African-American artist who achieved success against the backdrop of the Civil Rights Movement. I fly away. Her list of firsts goes on forever, like being the first woman to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She used her voice to crash through barriers. Rolling Stone once ranked Aretha Franklin the number one greatest singer of all time. She had an almost maternal attitude toward her own songs. They're like my children. I love them all. Um, but there are some that I, I liked little more than others. Respect, certainly, the freeway, jump to it, natural woman. Millions of Americans know her music by heart. All we need to hear is the first few notes. We know the rest. All because she showed the way and set the standard. Aretha Louise Franklin was born in Memphis, Tennessee. Her father, Reverend C.L. Franklin, was a well-known Baptist minister. Her mother was a singer and pianist. It wasn't always a happy or stable home, and so music played a big role in Aretha Franklin's life. She was a child prodigy. She was performing in church and playing piano by the age of 10. They put a small box in front of the uh, pulpit so I could be seen over the pulpit, and that's where I would stand and sing. Oh my 
By 14, she recorded her first album. Teenage motherhood derailed her musical career for a spell, but by her early 20s, she'd hit the top 10 with her song, I Never Loved a Man. One year later, she won her first two Grammys for Respect, and as they say, a star was born. Eagle on stage, something very electric, like a neon sign lights up inside of Lady Soul, Miss Aretha. What do you feel like? I feel good. Um, does that happen, really? A light up? Yes, ma'am. It didn't take long for her to be dubbed the Queen of Soul, and there was no argument. After hitting a rough spot with dismal record sales in the mid-70s, Franklin found a way to break through again in the cult classic, the Blues Brothers. She was signed to Arista Records soon after and couldn't be stopped after that. Countless hits and honors followed. Memorable collaborations with the greats of our time, including the late Luther Vandross and her huge hit with George Michael. Her life was not without its struggles and demons. In her later years, she preferred a life of privacy and stayed home in Detroit for long stretches of time. Aretha Franklin is survived by her four sons and millions of fans around the world. I love what I do, and I just wouldn't be doing anything else. In fact, I thought, what, what else would I have done? NBC News. Online radio at its best. The Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, dead. Jerome, man, your thoughts on just one of the most powerful voices that the music industry has ever seen or witnessed? Uh, um, you know, it's something about the way you said that, <laughs> that she passed. I was like, wait, what? Um, Aretha Franklin, you know, First of all, in hearing those songs, you know, it yeah. just kind of takes you back to when you're little. You know, and every time I hear, um, what's that song from the old Maxwell House commercial? Whenever I wake up, <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, yes, time, um, oh, yes, I remember, yes. I remember that commercial, which wow. is funny, which means, which means every song has a moment of your life in him. You know, and so Aretha actually has that for a lot of us, where, um, you know, you listen to, there's, again, few icons that I can tell you, um, you know, have that kind of timeline in your life, you know, even to the whole George Michael stuff that was, you know, in the, when was that, the 80s maybe, George Michael? Um but, yeah, that was 80s, 90s, yeah, yeah early so 80s, I think, yeah. Talk, yeah, Wait, you want to talk about She's been recording all the way through that time, and it, she just becomes a... Six decades. A, yeah, yeah. She just becomes a, a soundtrack of everyone's life. But, you know, one of the things that um, Smokey Robinson, I didn't realize that Smokey Robinson and her and Diana Ross grew up together. So she yeah, he knew, knew her that. since she was eight years old. Yep. 
And um, one of the things that, you know, I constantly, and I know when we start talking on this show, especially when we start talking about serious stuff about people, especially when they pass, you want to talk about the humanity of them as well. And one of the things about Aretha is Smokey tells a story about when Angela Davis, I think it was, was arrested in California. Um, She was a professor at Berkeley. And Aretha Franklin went to bail her out. And Aretha said, I earn my money primarily from the black community. She's fighting for the black community. And I want to put my money towards somebody who is fighting for us. Mm. And that says a lot to me about Aretha. So although everybody else enjoys her and everybody else's community is enjoying her, we seem to forget about those people who... You know, just like Mahalia Jackson, who they named the Grammys um, category, um, gospel category, they created it because of Mahalia Jackson. Mahalia Jackson sang in in her in Aretha's father's church. So Sam Cooke and, and Mahalia Jackson was in there. And so Aretha's tutelage through those folks with great singers and their activism and what they did showed in her. So... You know, if you have not, if you're young and don't have any um, concepts of Aretha Franklin, don't look at what mainstream media does because they like to talk about whatever hardships anybody goes through. But we all have hardships, so don't focus on that. Understand that while she was touring the world and doing whatever, she still went to church. She still supported her community. She never really left Detroit, you know, after she came from, I think it was Memphis, I think it was she came from. Um, Smokey said that she she came from Buffalo. Like, so when they went upstate, she moved to Buffalo, New York, before she went to Detroit. So Smokey had known her ever since she, she came, they moved from Buffalo to Detroit. So one of the things that you always have to remember about somebody's life is what work they put in on the ground opposed to the shiny stuff that you always see. So I want to give, um, show my respect to her advocacy along with her perseverance and her successful career and all the things that she get, that she went through. I am um, <clears throat> saddened like everyone else. You're right about that. You know, one of the stories out there was uh, during the last year of Dr. King's life, he was having trouble making payroll, and that Aretha Franklin paid, you know, made the payroll for him. Um, you know, she sang at his funeral. Uh, you know, you know, Al Sharpton tells a story about how she would just call him and say, hey, Reverend Al, I'm going to see you a little something, something. And he talks about how when he received the check, he framed the check because it's like, you know, not every day do you get a check from Aretha Franklin. And she said, fool, you better go cash that check or take a picture of it. <laughs> get that check in the bank, you know. So, uh, and, and that just goes to show you that, you know, we talk about the public persona of folks. We talk about what they do. And, you know, some folks are very public with the things, you know, the contributions that they make towards mankind or for the betterment of their people. And then some people, you know, choose to do it behind the scenes. I mean, a lot of these things uh, about Aretha Franklin, I found these things out after her death. 
you know, like, oh, I didn't know should she payrolled, you know, Dr. King's uh, staff when he didn't have any money in the waning years. Uh, you know, I mean, so those are wonderful things are, you know, that she led the fight back then in the day. Now, I knew she did. You know, when you think about, you know, famous African-Americans back in the day, and it kind of reminds me of what's going on today with LeBron James and some of the NBA players who are stepping up and taking this president on, taking this president head, taking this president head heads on. The bottom line is, is that when you are a celebrity, especially back in the '60s, you know we didn't, you know back then we knew that we had no chance of having an African American president, right? So you know Muhammad Ali, you know you were our leader. Uh, you know Dr. King, Malcolm X, Aretha. Frank, all these stars back in the day, you know, Ray Charles, we looked at these people for leadership, and they took those roles seriously. That's one of the things I can say about people from the 60s versus, you know, some of today's artists. I'm not sure how many of today's artists are really on the front lines. Now, yeah, it's a different time, but is it really? Is well, it really listen, a different were, time? Well, can I say this? They were in yeah. my perspective braver than the people now because back then they were still segregating they would cut off your money and like Aretha said she was making it amongst her community you know when Lena Horne um, was going to sing to the troops she made them put the black troops in front because they segregated them and they put them in the back so when you look yeah. at people like Della Reese um, and um, uh, um, Maya Angelou and all those people who were making money outside of that struggle and then putting it in to pay for Dr. King. Dr. King pretty much died broke, just like Malcolm did. Yep. There is no money-making mechanism for you fighting for your people. So those people who stood up and, and let their money work for them while they were singing for everybody else and acting and doing all these other things, those guys were advocates to make sure that people on the ground had the resources to do what they needed to do. And I think we kind of missed that point a little bit. Just like LeBron James spending $41 million to send kids to college. It's like, no, yep. regardless of what you think about him on the court and that whole is he better than Michael Jordan kind of thing, his humanity is well intact, and you cannot yep. shake that out of them. So some some You're folks right. are born with that in them. And so I'm not knocking the the like the Prescott kid at Dallas. I ain't really knocking him for not doing that, but at the same time, he is never to be compared with the people like, um, um, Ab, uh, what's his name, Abdul Raou, Raou or yeah, yeah. K.A. Chris, 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 I can't remember his last name, Chris Jackson, right? Chris, oh, changed, yeah, Chris Jackson, yeah. Oh, Malcolm Jenkins from the Eagles. I mean, and he was yeah. blacklisted for that. So in the 60s and 70s, it was easy for white folks to shun you for standing up for black people, and all these people at the pinnacle did that and did not give a rat. They did not care. The princes of the world, even Michael Jackson, when he kind of said, they're trying to kill me, but he didn't, give, he didn't care. Like, at some point, it was like, we need to speak up about this. So that's when he yeah. made that song, They Don't Really Care About Us. If you ever listen to that song lyrically, it is pretty hard on white folks. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I was just trying to do the dance, you know. I mean, uh, you're right. I need to listen to the lyrics. Let's bring Jackie back in. Jackie, your comments on Aretha Franklin. Um, well, definitely, definitely. She is definitely someone that I'm going to uh, 
Miss Greatly, she just made such a, I mean, words cannot express the the contribution she has made in the music game. She was the trailblazer for so many artists to be able to come through. So, and like you said, great civil rights activist. So, I mean, just shout out and kudos to her and what she has meant to the music game and just prayers going out to her family. Yeah. Prayers, big prayers going out to to the family of the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin. I mean, I tell you, it's just, it's amazing. Even though we started getting stories that, or reports, I should say, that uh, she was near death, you know, you always want to hold out hope and hope that some way, somehow, that this person can defy the odds. And I know there are some people out there, and I'm going to talk about this in my closing comments this morning uh, because of a situation that I'm dealing with. But there are people out there that may question what God does. Uh, but, but I always say at the end of the day, you know, let God's will be done, whatever that will is. Uh, because, and I don't know how religious people are. I'm not trying to sit here and preach to you this morning. I hope the Reverend can can appreciate uh, 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 what, what I'm what I'm saying here. Is that I just pray for His will to be done. Whatever that will is, it may not be something that's in line with what we want, but uh, you know, we just hope that at the end of the day, God's will is fulfilled. And so, you know, rest in peace. Peace, the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin. Um, you know she would truly be missed, and and you know for a star, mega stars. You know one of the things I think about when I think about Whitney Houston. I, I don't know how much Whitney Houston stepped up to the plate and and, and did things uh, for the betterment of our people. Now look, I'm pretty sure that they all have you know foundations and things that they give to. We all know that some of that is a tax write off, but you know when you put your star power on the line like Muhammad Ali did, you know, and Aretha Franklin did to a certain degree, you know the bottom bottom line is that takes true courage, especially in the time where, yeah, we can say that things haven't really changed all that much, but the bottom line is white folks, they had a more license to shoot and kill you back then than they do now. I mean, you know, I mean, at least now there are some white people that will get outraged if they, if a white person does, you know, when a black, when a white person kills a, a, a black and armed man, you see a lot of Af- white folks out there marching too, but back then it was like, hey, you do what you need to do. Remember that whole situation with the Mississippi, the Mississippi Three. The cops released those kids in the middle of the night so the cops get, because then deputies can go find them and kill them. You know, so for you to put your star power and put your neck on the line uh, like they did back then, I mean, much respect to the artists from back in the day. I mean, just much, much, much respect. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about, I mentioned the chickens are coming home to roost. What exactly are we talking about? Well, we'll explain coming up next. You'll listen to the serious side of the J. Ross Show. We'll be right back.
It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends. Some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network. Um, well, what Mr. Nixon, I mean, Mr. Trump does will be brought to light. Every action that he takes against me jeopardizes him and his presidency. So I think that you should watch his behavior and how he's unraveling. And I don't have any fear. I have a whole community of faith that's behind me, praying for me. And no matter who is in the Oval Office, Donald Trump needs to remember that God is still on the throne. And every single time the Trump people challenge me, I bring the receipts. Let's start with the district you're running in, uh, which is, as I mentioned, a strongly uh, Democratic. What is your appeal, your pitch to those 61% of voters who are Democrats? Well, my appeal to them is that the Democratic Party is not the only party that can represent them and that I am going to be a catalyst for change. America's chickens are coming home to roost. Welcome back in 347-850-1272. You're tuned to the serious side of the J. Rao Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJR's Radio Network Online Radio. And it's best to say good morning to our guys. Let's say good morning to the director of social media, Jackie. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing fine. She's Sorry, I had it muted. I'm doing great. How are you? Doing outstanding. The smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit, in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How are you? Sir, I'm good, man. How are you? Doing outstanding. Johnny D's in the house. What's up to him? Also, what's up to all the people who are listening on social media? I know the pastor's in the house, and I know our guys, usually uh, St. Clinton and Kavina Man are in the house. Uh, once again, Mr. Elias is out this morning. He's off. And so usually, you know, in you know, with all due respect to the people in the chat room, you know, I don't open the chat because, you know, the bottom line is I have too much going on during the course of the show. And so when we don't do that, it's not fair for the people who follow us on social media or who are responding through various websites. So I don't usually read those comments at this time. However, speaking of social media, let's uh, – Turn our attention to our director of social media, that platform. Jackie, what do you have for us this morning? Well, I just want to, uh, first of all, of course, reiterate again um, to you, to Mr. Elias, and to everyone who has been a part of the TJRS Radio Network, wishing you a blessed and wonderful celebration of nine years on the air. Officially, this coming Tuesday, August the 21st, officially celebrating nine years on the air. Uh, Shout out to the beautiful gentleman, Jay Ryle, Mr. Elias, for putting, as you say, uh, switching the light on that. Ah. You you two were the catalyst for... uh, like you said, started as you were kids, pretending to be on it radio. It was more me than now. It was more. Was it, it was more me Was it? Him. Was it you? Was it only you? Oh, how did he get in here? <laughs> right, right on time. time. Right on time. Was it only you? It was only you. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't hear me. 
no. Okay. Ask you to ready to bust her out. I hear that background music for the J. Rock show. I'm about to lose my mind. You better come on. All right. Okay. I am doing amazing. And I want to say, R-E-S-E-C-T, finally what made to me. And that was so off. That was so off, but I did it. Happy, respectful Sunday morning and to all of you. And, yes. (laughs) All right, catch your breath. All right. Glad that you're on board for the final segment of the show. And I talked about it at the time. The chickens are coming home to roost. All right. Now, we know, we talked about in the first segment how Donald Trump revoked the security clearance of the former CIA director. And we all know why. Because if you look at the letter, these people are so ridiculous, Mr. Elias. They said, oh, the president just came to this decision. No, he didn't. It was dated July 26. He was holding Mm -hmm. this piece of information because he wanted to use it as a distractor. Because Omarosa is coming after him and coming after him hard. But here's the deal. his ass up. Ooh. Here's the she situation. She's been dropping more mixtapes and uh, more tapes than Tupac Shakur, man. My God. Yeah, I was waiting for her to drop another mixtape. I'm like, I'm rooting. She's going to be killing him on the street. But when we talk about this, this is the thing I wanted to spend some time talking about here in this last segment. Because we as a people are so forgiving. Of other folks, and it reminds me of people like Omarosa, you know, Stacey Dash. She was running for Congress in a in a in a, in a district that was eighty three percent, you know, uh, Democrat, or at least eighty three percent of the district voted for Hillary Clinton, which meant that there were a lot of minority voters in that district. And all of a sudden, she wants. So it's like, oh my God, I've been playing white all these years, but now I want my people. Now that the white folks have shown you who they are, now I want to come on back home. You know, even O.J., you, you know, regardless whether you think O.J. did it or not, you know, once again, he was hanging out with highfalutin white folks. Now, all of a sudden, well, why do you, you know, think... black people are tearing. What? I, I, I'm sorry? I've never agreed with, I've never agreed. Okay, well, let me finish, and then you can uh, disagree with whatever yeah. I said. I was, I was on a little roll here that you can come in after I'm done. Even O.J., hanging out with those highfalutin white folks. When he, you know when his trial came up, all of a sudden you know we want, we need black people to stand up for O.J. Simpson. Where were you when you was hanging out with your white folks? Omarosa, where were you? You know, listen. Remember that clip we played of her? I'm gonna try to find it here. We played of her when she talked about, hey, uh, you know, y'all better recognize Donald Trump better is bow the down. and you better bow down to the king. Now all of a sudden. Now you want to come back. Now, she said something in some interviews that I thought was interesting. All of a sudden, I've never heard her say, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong here, I never heard her say anything positive about President Barack Obama. Matter of fact, I don't even remember her saying his name. But now, all of a sudden, she's talking about how, you know, being the director of social outreach for African Americans, she talked about how Donald Trump was trying to go back and dismantle all of the, of the former president's policies. And she said she was calling him to task about this behind the scenes. And that people really and truly didn't understand. Now, let me see if this is a clip. Let me play this. Hold on for one second. Online radio at its best. Good thing Omarosa already sent out her Christmas tweet because she won't be dreaming of a White House Christmas next year. 
Bye, girl. Bye. Goodbye. Good riddance. Goodbye. Her departure was displayed on a mock executive order. The Daily Show asked, who will be the next to go on the Celebrity of President? But as she leaves her $180,000 a year White House job, many are left wondering. What the f*** is Omarosa doing in the White House? I typed in, what is Omarosa doing in the White House? The first result is an article that says, no one knows what Omarosa is doing in the White House, even Omarosa. Reports that she caused a scene leaving, reports Omarosa denied, left anchors agog. To get her out of here. What? So. What? What? That's awesome! Omarosa implied she'd spill the beans in a book. And when I can tell my story, it is a profound story that I know the world will want to hear. ABC's Robin Roberts couldn't resist. She said she has a story to tell, and I'm sure she'll be selling that story. We'll see. Well, yeah, she will. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia is based on a dismissive kiss-off delivered by the rapper Ice Cube in the movie Friday. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Omarosa fired back at Roberts in a text message to Inside Edition. That was petty. It's a black woman civil war. Let's take a moment as Omarosa bows out to recall her comments about bowing down. Every detractor will have to bow down to President Trump. Omarosa had to bow down. You're fired. The three previous times she got the boot on The Apprentice and Celebrity Apprentice. You know, I've always been a big Omarosa fan, but Omarosa, you're fired. Yes! Some pretended to be morose about Omarosa, but when Omarosa is gone, who will do all the nothing? Jeannie Mo, CNN. Jobs, jobs, jobs. New York. Online radio at its best. So you got a sense during that clip, Mr. Elias, how some African American folks felt about Amorosa, right? So now all of a sudden it's like we're embracing her again. We're, we're, are we accepting her back into the legion of African Americanness? Because now all of a sudden she is saying, "Look, I was complicit in this nonsense. Uh, you know, I I had drank the Kool Aid." And now I realize that this man is a racist. Now, according to her, she kind of figured this out the first couple of weeks in-house. In but she said, you know what, she wanted to make sure that someone like us was there at the table. Are you buying what she's selling, Mr. Elias? Bye, Felicia. <laughs> I still say it. Bye, Felicia. Uh, Damn that, come man. man. Come on, man, what? No, man, I'm sorry. No, I'm just asking. You, I'm just you, I'm, you, I'm asking. You, you, I mean, because you sat up there you know, and you said, bow down. Bow down. Now, when, they, when, when he supposedly said the N-word that she's, that she's, you know, pulling out, that was during the Celebrity Apprentice. And she wanted to find out. And it took you that long to find out that he was a racist? I think the Central Park Five will say something different. That he is a racist. I think the people he denied housing to would say something different. I think all the things that this man has put out, with, 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 with him not even denouncing David Duke when, they, when he first started out for the presidency, would, would, would say something different. But before he didn't know who David Duke was. But now he know he he, he didn't know who, before he denounced David Duke. Then he came back and said, I don't even know who David Duke is. Look, man, this guy's who he is. You know, he's a racist and he's been a racist. It's nothing new about it, and, and nothing you can say about it. Hell, he won't even—he won't even—you know. Come on, man. 
He uses black people as photo ops, man. Stop it. Please. You know, uh, one one of the ministers uh, who supported Jerome said that this president has done more for African Americans than any other president in the whole wide world during this uh, during this. Uh, who was what was his name? He's a coon. That's who he is, Daryl Coon. Oh, you said Daryl oh, okay, Coon. Okay, okay, you said. <laughs> okay, you're wired up this morning. <laughs> All right, so 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 Jerome, hey, you know, so I, you know, going I, back to. Going back to Amarosa, though, I, I mean, think about this. I mean, uh, should we accept her back into our community after everything she's done? Now, if you listen to what she's been saying on this tour, you know, she said, look, I was blind, but now I see. Isn't that, isn't that a, a verse of the gospel song? I was lost, but now I've been found. I mean, the bottom line is I made a mistake. But now I am going to be the thorn in his behind. I am going to be the one who's going to bring him down, what say you? You know, I, here's the thing with Amarosa. I, I'm not, um, you know, black folks generally have the genus Solomon in them, right? We do have compassion. It's what, again, allows us to be conquered in many different areas, right, because we're trusting, we, we're forgiving and all of that good stuff. Now, don't yeah. don't mistake that for black people forgiving Amarosa because she's telling the truth. Right. Oh, by the way, and Jeannie Most was just a little bit extra for me. And it seems to me <laughs> yeah. that, seriously, seriously, it seems to me even the liberal white folks, as I'm watching them take a, a shot at Amarosa, they seem to be yeah. putting a little something extra on her that they don't put on Lion Ash Sean Spicer. They don't put on Lion Ash Sarah Sanders. They don't put on Lion Ash Kylie Ann Conway. They don't, all of them are complicit, but they seem to have a little something extra for Amarosa, so I don't trust them either, right? Yeah, we have in-house problems with Amarosa, right? And like someone said, yeah, we stop inviting her to the cookout, but when she shows, nobody's going to kick her out, but ain't nobody going to talk to her. It's just kind of how we are with family, right? It's like, what the, what's she like doing that. here? Right? I like but that. <laughs> yeah, but we don't just arbitrarily dismiss people because we know we are still under the same tyranny. So even yeah. if she comes around and, like I said, she she has video and audio tape from what we understand and text messages and mm-hmm. emails. So as she starts yeah. to trickle that stuff out, let her give them the same medicine that they've been giving us for a while. So, yeah, they used her. And she was wrong, and now she's scorned, and now she's just as horrible to them as she was to us. But it's going to be worse for them because she knows their secrets. So I can't let them discredit her. I can't let them discredit yeah. her just because now she's about to expose them, and then they come to us talking yeah. about, y'all don't like her either, right? That's what it sounds like with um, Derek, with Hillary or Comey. It's like, y'all don't like him too, right? So now we need to get rid of him. No, you want to get rid of him because she's about to expose you. And that's very different. So we can act like grown-ups, or we can be petty. We're not 12, so we can bend our minds. We don't have to like her and want to and sit down and eat dinner with her. But the truth is, if she has some truth, then technically take your medicine. So nothing to do with her. I'm not bashing that one. For that, I'll bash her for other stuff. I ain't bashing her for this. That's, they, that's the one. 
you know, it's interesting when you made that when you talked about uh, when you used the analogy of of coming to a cookout and you won't throw her out, you won't invite her, but if she shows up, uh, then it's okay. It reminded me of uh, Mother Mud Deer's uh, family reunion <laughs> when when when, uh, when uh, what was her name? I can't uh, think of her name, but she was the the mother of the daughter that wanted to marry the artist, and she was trying to get her. You guys remember that scene, right? Where she showed up to the family reunion, she said she was bougie. She said, this is the latest thing in Paris. He said, bougie, was your booty? Yeah, anyway. All right, so it's a bad joke. All right, so Dr. Princess O.D., you know, you were trying to disagree with something here, and it's ironic you showed up on this segment. Uh, So when you talk about Amorosa, and you talk about, you know, Stacey Dash, and we talk about some of these folks who were catering to white folks who were in that white world. They were accepted by white people. Now, all of a sudden, they've been shown the door. And so now they have to get outside like the rest of us in that hot field. And now, all of a sudden, they want us to embrace them again. What do you think we should do with Amorosa? Do you think we should accept Amorosa back into the fold now that she is uh, going after Massa, per se? Or should we just say, you know what? Bye, Felicia. Keep rolling. Well, I say that that we should just we should accept it. I say that because I'm going to tell you this. I think that yeah, of course I'm going to say that. Of course you knew that. Now, my grandmother. I remember my grandmother telling me something when I went into corporate America, and she said to me, "Don't I don't want you hanging out in the hallways with a lot of hanging out with African Americans." At work She said separate yourself And she told me To do that Because she said you won't get up the ladder That way how, how you would like to And I was at Ford Motor Company And yes The black people used to all stick together So mother told me Don't do that And there were times I was called a Benedict Arnold now, I was cool with them, and they knew that, but I just didn't do what they did. I didn't go where they went in the halls and different things like everybody else did. So it looked like I was not a part of the black people. Now, Amarosa, I really, I've said it from the beginning. I think that she deserves a chance. I, 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 I can believe that she was on her career path, tunnel vision focused, Yes, she realized the blatant nature to a degree that was probably even unfathomable or unexpected for her at that time, seeing him in a different light, not on The Apprentice, but as president, and in that position where the blinders were off. I mean, we all go through things, and sometimes the blinders come off. So I can imagine after a couple of weeks or whatever, because, you know, hey, a zebra never changed his stripes, and trust me, and his arrogance at that moment, I couldn't imagine. So would she just bow out right then and say I'm, I'm not a part of it, or would she do what she did? And she took note. She took physical note that we all can tangibly review or whatever. I mean, seriously. Because if she didn't think that, if she wasn't thinking that at the time, and if the blinders were on her eyes, the over her eyes the entire time, she wouldn't have been even free enough to even take note. She wouldn't have been even concerned about taking note because she would have been too blind mm-hmm. to see or to even realize the necessity to do so. Mm-hmm. So at the end you of know, the day, 
Mm-hmm. Go ahead. She, no, she was clear enough. Honest. No, no. She was clear let's just be enough. Honest. Hell, if he we had just want to hold. Be kissing his ass. Come on, let's just be honest. He made no, no, no. She, it, 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 it would look like she was kissing his ass. It it would look like he was kissing his ass because that's what we were okay because that's what that's what we from the outside looking in would automatically assume she never stepped off until he fired her and she never came out with nothing and she recorded him let's just be honest she's recording stuff all along because that's what he taught her to do that's what he does no come on let's just be honest. Let me step in, Dr. Prince. Let, let, let me step in here because, you know, Miss Elias has a point here. I mean, the bottom line is he's always talked about recording his enemies. Now, he has a point, and I think that's one of the reasons why so she, Trump is saying. Well, yeah, she did. She re- she. That's the thing. Let me she let me did, let, let Rich sister get in here. Okay, let me let Rich sister get in here because we run out of time in this segment. You know, and just pick up right there, uh, Rich sister. You know, Trump. You know, this is something that he always talked about. Remember, he threatened Comey with the tapes. Yeah, guess what? I have tapes to prove that. You know, whatever. But he never produced them because he lied. I think for him, it was all about a bluff. He tries to bluff his enemies. But I think the reason why he's a little upset in this situation because you know what, Amaro came through with the bluff. She's saying everything in her book she can prove by either video, text message, recording. And so that makes you think, did she have an agenda or did she know? She said, you know what, I'm pissing a lot of people off. Let me start recording what's going on here because I just think at some point in day, some point in time, my days at the White House are numbered. What say you, Jackie? Huh? You, you just may be right. I mean, I'm I'm with Miss Elias. I, I second the Felicia. I, I'm with him and second the Felicia. <laughs> but you never know. Is she going to be the one to take Trump and his whole administration down? Yes, maybe. Well, Jerome, here, here, and I want to. This is the last point I want to make here, and I want to get your thought on, thoughts on this. She said that Donald Trump knew about the release of those emails prior to them being released. Now, so out of all the things that she said so far, you know, let's be honest. I mean, look, she's not telling us anything that that we didn't already know. We knew that this guy was a racist. We knew that these cats dealt like they acted like the mob. We knew that they're, you know, like Mr. Elias said, when this administration first took office, that they're lining their pockets with money. We knew all of this. But if she has proof, and here's the caveat to this whole thing, the fact that she didn't she didn't put in her book that Trump knew about the emails and the reason she said the reason why she didn't put it in the book because she was trying to things that were directly associated with the Mueller investigation she did not want to put that in the book. However, she said unequivocally that uh, Donald Trump knew, and she said her receipts are better than theirs. If she has information, Jerome. That this is true. This is what, you know, to me, is this the freaking uh, smoking gun? Because the bottom line is that's what this whole investigation is all about. If she has proof that he colluded with the Russians, if she has verifiable proof, you know, video, audio, whatever the case may be, sir, do you think that will be the straw that will break the camel's back and will finally... Well, Bring this presidency down. 
Well, think about why they're spazzing out. The reason that they're taking security clearances. They are admitting that they're doing that stuff to um, bump Omarosa out of the news, right? They had it for a couple of weeks, and they just released it because Omarosa is killing them. And every right. time they claim she was lying, just like when she said they tried to pay her $15,000 a month, and they were like, nobody's yep. trying to pay her, and we don't like her, and she brought up the, t- the tape of Laura Bush. Not Laura, I'm sorry. Is there Laura? It's, um, no, it's Laura uh, Trump. Trump, sorry, not Laura Bush. I'm yeah. sorry, Laura Bush. Uh, Laura Trump that um, that had them in that conversation. And the problem is they know that she has um, conversations with her and Jared Kirshner, of her and Ivana, of her and Trump, of her and she wasn't around Kelly, but she did get him on tape. When he pretty much threatened that, um, you know, saying that she got to watch her reputation and everything would stay intact, pretty much if you do what we say. So he was bullying her. What was it, a four-star general trying to bully her after he fired her to try to get her to be quiet. So we're, we're, her evidence or what she's putting out there is going back to the character so that your um, European friends at work or your white folks, at work can't keep saying stuff like, you don't really know that Kelly is racist. Yeah, we do, right? Mm. Because although we can see that a mile away, some of those other people, like Jeannie Most and those guys, need proof. And so she's providing the documentation that's going to etch this stuff in stone. You won't be able to go back and whitewash this stuff, say that everybody was just being sensitive or it looks like that, you know, where, you know, you have people calling in shows saying there's no proof that Donald Trump is racist, although you can look at his court cases and him being sued about not letting black folks live in their apartments and him firing an accountant saying that he don't want, he only wants uh, Jewish guys, whatever, counting his money. Like, we know this, but Armorosa is going to put some new stuff in uh, in the ether that is going to etch it in stone. So no matter what you're thinking... This coming election season, for those people who vote, are going to say, wait a minute, you still backing Donald Trump and you want my vote to be a congressman or senator and you're backing that dude? I'm out because she's keeping that alive. Because although all of that other stuff happened in the past, apparently Clinton didn't do, enough, didn't do a good enough job of exposing who he is, right? We already know in New York State that Giuliani's a joke. As everybody else is, is going, well, Giuliani said this, and I can't believe he's, he's saying that. He's a joke in New York State for a long time. So <laughs> being that that dude is supporting Trump, there is no way that he has any leverage in New York State. In some counties he may, you know, in some congressional districts, but they're going to get smoked. Like, they're going to get swept. So if you can't see this coming, you can't see nothing. So we need to be conscious of of understanding that Armorosa, even if you don't like her personally, even if she is not a good person, even if she has no credibility amongst us, the truth that she is about to let up with her videos and the recordings is going to give you some insight that actually puts it on a historic record, which it needs to be, because they're going to need that stuff when it comes to court. Mm. Or when they go wow. to court, anyway. Really? 
I agree, man, because, I mean, the bottom line is, like I said, man, he, he taught her to make tapes. And how many people do you know that could have, man, made tapes like that in, 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 the, in, uh, in the White Nobody. House, man? They have nothing. Those, so how, how do you Michael think Cole that? Michael wasn't even in the White feel? House. So she got right. all of them in the campaign and in the White House. She's got, that's really? why they're panicking. All of them are really? panicking because none of them know which one's gonna go to jail now. Really? They just they just scorned the wrong woman. That's all that is. <laughs> mm. Wow. Hey, 50, Man, that's 000, crazy. Fifteen thousand bucks probably girl. wasn't enough. <laughs> they should have upped yeah, their money. Well, <laughs> well, you know that's a it, it would have been enough money for me, but you know the bottom line is that I understand she, that Jay, uh, I mean I'm not gonna I'm not huh? gonna go there. He said that was enough money for me. <laughs> no, I'm not. Come on, I'm talking about just in general. I'm not talking about you know. This. I know, I know. I'm all right, talking. so <laughs> all right, Sunday, so uh, listen, guys, <laughs> we do, especially you know, coming up on uh, nine years of being on the network. All right, Mr. Elias has the board, so he can take us to commercial break. All right, listen, I right, coming up next. It, it, we oh, you can't. Okay, all right. Well, we'll continue to front through it. Uh, what happened was there was a power surge here at the main studio, and so everything went black. <laughs> I'm on my cell phone. What a way to start Oh, my God. You got LES work? Do you leave LES out if you want to? Now you need them? Come on, man. Oh, <laughs> you see. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, I see what's happening here. So, Mr. LES is the reason why all this stuff went dark. Okay, he's one of those guys. Okay. All right, I see how it works. In the words, in the words of Sam Jackson, say it one more time. <laughs> I'm not gonna cuss like that. It's not loaded. <laughs> Please go. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two, which is the number I had to call in on. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, listen. Um, as we prepare to get to step out of here, um, bottom line is final thoughts on today's show. Uh, you know, and let me just swing it around the horn here real quick. Just uh, any topic you want to close out on. Let me start with you first. Uh, I'm just going to assume that uh, uh, Dr. Prince O'D, you was here for one set. Give us your final thoughts on uh, just wrap it up before we get into uh, to, to the next segment. Thank you so much, Jay. Um, I know I missed the segment um, regarding Aretha Franklin because I'm sure you probably brought the show in on that. And I just want to say as uh, a Detroiter, and someone who who really, 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 really loved Aretha Franklin, may she rest in heaven and peace. And um, actually, this week we're going to be doing um, the True Purpose Development Show is going to be airing a special with a few of her friends, um, personal friends, and that that know a lot about um, Aretha Franklin, and we'll be covering that. And um, I'll be putting, I'll put the information out on the TVRS radio network and just invite people. But um, I also want to say that it was really sad what President, um, well, what Trump did in regards to his supposed acknowledgement of her passing. Um, His condolences were less than respectful. And um, that is very, very, very sad. So, I am very hopeful with what uh, Amarosa is going to be bringing to the table, and hopefully it can have enough, it, it can bring enough heat to yeah. really cause for there to be implemented a process of impeachment in regards to um, Trump, the Trump administration. Right, so, but, yeah. 
let's hope, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Let's hope that uh, this will uh, bring an end to this guy. Mr. Elias, if you can cue it, if you don't mind, sir. Hope, hopefully this will bring an end to this guy. Nothing nothing else is stuck. Who knows what's going to happen. All right, coming up next, no chatterbox. I will read one comment, though, because this guy has deserved it. But on a need-to-know basis with Mr. Jerome Street's next, you're listening to the serious side of the J. Rowe Show. We'll be right back after this. Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network. Dazzles on election night and it's... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. 
you want me to take you out? Of the United States of America. Hi, folks. We are sorry, but it's time for all the need to know basis with Mr. Jerome Free, an abbreviated version. I'm sorry, Jerome, man. But hey, man, the floor is yours, man. What do you have for us this morning? Jerome? Uh, Jerome? You know, I'm just talking. All right, so I just I was saying that um, you know Aretha, morning, right? Yeah, I know Aretha. Um, I don't have to start off, but you know she passed of pancreatic cancer, and um, you know one of the things that President Obama um, and Michelle Obama actually um, wrote about her was. I'm trying to think of how I'm trying to paraphrase it, but they said in her voice we can feel our history, um, all of it in every shade, our power and our pain, our darkness and our light, our quest for redemption and our hard uh, hard won respect. She helps us feel more connected to each other, more hopefully, more human, more hopeful, more human, and sometimes she helped us forget everything else and dance. Aretha may have passed onto a better place, but the gift of her music remains to inspire us all. Mm. That was, yeah, that was the President Obama and Michelle Obama. Right. (laughs) Okay, I got it. So the yeah. opioid crisis uh, is far from over. So last year alone, 72,000 Americans died of overdoses, representing 6.6% increase over 2016's death toll. That's according to the CDC. And mm. in Seattle, they said the air is worse than it is in Beijing right now. Wow. So yeah. They said with the forest fires uh, taking their toll, an unhealthy rating from the EPA, of all people, usually means that people could experience breathing problems or exacerbated symptoms um, if they were infected with pre-existing conditions like heart disease and um, lung issues. It's yeah, man, I, I think Beijing, man, they, their, their yeah. air quality is horrible, man. And if it's worse yeah, than Beijing, they Didn't they walk them out with masks for a while? Yeah, yes. So if it's man. worse than Beijing, they own something, man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Britain is the only Western U.S. nation other than the United States where life expectancy has continued to fall following a flu outbreak in um, 2014 and 15. So they said the flu can be held responsible for just a third of a three-month drop since 2014. But scientists said that they should, you know, around around the world investigate this trend. So research that was carried out by the University of Southern California compared life expectancy in 18 Western nations and found that 12 showed a fall in life expectancy during a bad bad flu season. However, the United States and the UK failed to rebound. So our life expectancy after a flu season goes down and it keeps going down. It never rebounds from a bad flu outbreak. All right, you know, tennis champion Serena Williams said that she supports Colin Kaepernick and believes she could that he could win a Super Bowl if the NFL would sign him. Mm-hmm. Uh, she 
she owns a small stake in the Miami Dolphins, but she said that he is determined and that drive can bring him a Super Bowl win. I happen to agree with Serena on this. He's gonna mm-hmm. kick somebody's butt if he gets back when he gets back in that league. Yep. He's gonna do damage. It wasn't like he wasn't a great quarterback. Uh, he was a good quarterback already. Can you imagine his yeah. drive after that? He's going to show you who yeah. he is. It's like boxing uh, Ali when he got out of jail. I wouldn't have been the first person for that one. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay. First person I run into in this ring. It is not going to be Hey, easy. Ali was something <laughs> else, man. There you wow. go. Now, um, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said um, America was <laughs> never that great and won't be great until all Americans shoot, share true equality. Now, he said that Trump wants to return to a period of greater sexism, racism, and tolerance, intolerance towards immigrants. He said, we have not reached greatness. We will reach greatness when every American is fully engaged, and we will reach greatness when discrimination and stereotyping uh, against women, uh, 51% of our population is gone, and every woman's full potential is realized and unleashed, and every woman is making their full contribution. Now, he walked that statement back a little bit. I hate you. Yeah, because he called words. hell for it. I couldn't yeah, believe he really it. Did. But you know what he did? He pivoted towards women's issues because every time you talk about how bad black people are being treated, then white folks feel some kind of way. So he, he kind of turned to women issues to say, oh, women needs to be more represented. You know what? Black people, even with Cuomo there, he is not that doggone liberal. So we have some problems in New York State where they still use that whole, um, if everybody is better, then black people be better. Like Trump saying, black people, unemployment is down. It's like, yeah, but it's still more than twice higher than white folks. So technically you did no damage in that area. Really? Yeah. And what did you do? What did he do to Lori? <laughs> you know, what, no. was his, what, was his, what was his jobs plan? What was his jobs bill to Lori? Oh, that's right. You know what? He's supposed to bring back jobs instead of sending yeah. them away. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, Sarah fraud, Sanders apologized for her false statement about President Obama's, oh, yeah. um, you know, that Trump created three times I, as I'm many glad jobs. You, I'm glad you're covering this. I'm glad you're covering this. Good. Yeah, she said, I'm sorry for the mistake, but no apologies for the 700,000 jobs African-Americans, um, cre- African-Americans um, created under Trump. But the numbers go like this. She said that Obama only created 195,000 jobs, when yeah. factually um, it went like this. During President Obama's term, nearly 3 million more jobs in the black <laughs> folks community happened. But that was after the Great Recession. So we were losing jobs like crazy. So where he brought us to now is remarkable. Like I said, Trump is in office, and we're going, we are already going downhill um, at a fast rate. And so he wants to take credit for getting uh, from going from 60 to 70 when he didn't start from zero. You know what I mean? He, he's like, I want to take credit for this. You know, because we're going in the right direction. It's like we were going in that di- right direction. All you had to do was not put your foot on the brake. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting you say that, Jerome, because Neil Cavuto, which is on Fox News, actually called him out on that. 
I mean, it's amazing how uh, some of those guys at Fox are starting to get that righteous juice. Yeah, yeah, they feel like they need to make a comeback. Um, <laughs> we, we didn't talk about this, but, you know, something that's been in the news that they, um, in Pennsylvania, a grand jury revealed that 301 priests yeah. sexually assaulted at least 1,000 yes. children. Man. Wow. So, when they came out with the study, the DA said, no, it was more like that we only recorded 301. There's a lot more, and there could be thousands of children. That was a mm-hmm. wow. So the Vatican press office declined to comment when this report came out. But let me tell you a little story. If this was a Fortune 500 company or a school district or any business, they would shut them down. The Catholic school system is the biggest school system in the world, and nobody's saying jack. Mm-hmm. No, they're not. Your, close your Catholic church till they get all the pedophiles about that piece. Really? They don't do that? Nope. Oh, no. No. Shoot, they won't even arrest nobody. So out of the 300, only two have been charged. They said the rest fall out of statute of limitations. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And the two that's been charged probably won't. Probably get community service, and I was yeah, gonna make a bad true. joke on what they'd probably be doing. But anyway, I'm yep. not gonna do it. <laughs> it's Sunday. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> All right. So, Ancestry 23 and Me, ha- uh, Habit, Helex, and My Heritage have all signed onto a voluntary new guidelines aimed to protecting your pri- privacy when you submit DNA to their company. Mm-hmm. Again. As a public mm-hmm. service, black people do not give them your DNA. Nope. I don't care how fun you think this is, it is not going to be fun when they patent your DNA and clone you and you have somebody looking like you that <laughs> walking around <laughs> in space mm-hmm. and not giving nope. your DNA. But they nope. said they upgraded their new guidelines voluntarily, mind you, because <laughs> who knows what they're doing with your DNA. Really? Now, I know we had this conversation on the show before, but um, some woman named um, Hermesha claimed it, that she received an email rejecting her from a customer service job because her name was too ghetto. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to say it like this. Um, when I hear um, Natalia Vesta Nascalia in there, <laughs> I, I'm saying I can't pronounce that either. So, to get her job. Because we do that with foreign people all the time. So just because they black and you can't pronounce their name ain't your, ain't your problem. She'll have a nickname. Just call her Misha. She'll be all right. Dang, that, damn if she's qualified or not, huh? Exactly. It's like, mm, I don't like how it's going to print on your check. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much the thing. It's like we don't have wow. enough letters on our payroll system. All right, now, the University of Maryland part ways with a coach who admitted, who admitted responsibility in June for the death of a football player who collapsed during their conditioning drills. So they said this guy, Rick Court, who was a coach, he said mistakes were made in treating the offensive lineman, um, Jordan McNair. So if Kathleen was here, I would play black or white. But how are you just going to fire that guy when he actually killed him? Mm. Right, he's responsible yeah. for that death. He needs to be brought up on charges. Mm. Because they didn't give them water, so he probably was dehydrated, 
and you know football, they probably like, push it, push it, you can do it, and whatever. You know what that weather's like out there, and you're putting them at risk. They're student athletes. They're not getting paid. So it's the responsibility of the school to look out for them. And, Just, and by the way, I don't university, get that, man. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to say, Jay? No. Oh, yeah, the University of Maryland's president is also under fire because they um, he rejected a proposal to make sure the medical staff was not a part of the team so that they looked in on the athletes' well-being when they took physicals. <laughs> and the coaches are a part of the decision, like if someone gets hurt, if they're ready to play or not. And they tried to take that out of their hands for student-athletes, and the president of the university said no. So now we're going to see what's going to happen. He'll be resigning, resigning soon. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Without he, a he's doubt. Definitely gonna that. Now, um, you know, good Lord. Now, a mistress holds some guy at gunpoint on Facebook Live, watched <laughs> by the guy's wife, before she shot him. Wow. Now, Damn. No, he didn't die. He's in a, he's in a hospital. But in Tuscaloosa, in Alabama, which I'm not going anytime soon, <laughs> she actually live chatted the guy's wife while she spazzed out. Mm. Now, I'm not telling anybody to have a mistress, but choose wisely. Because <laughs> technically, that ain't going to be cute. You say I'm tread lightly, huh? Yeah, I'm tread real tread lightly. lightly. Uh, I, I know we only have a couple minutes, Jay. You want to do your sign off? Yes, sir. I can let you go. Uh, let's, uh, let's, can you give us one more? Yeah, I can do that. Yes. You know, there's a okay, new sir, Uber. Okay, give us one more. Yeah, there's a new Uber oh. out. It's called an Amish Uber. Uber. In Michigan. Oh, no. So, no, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, they said, they said since Uber is hot right now, each ride only costs $5, but you can't use a phone a cell phone to book your trips ahead of time. So I don't know how you're supposed to get Uber. How you doing? Yell out? <laughs> Yell. <laughs> Some guy with a horse and buggy is going to be around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, send him a note. Like, is that the guy across the street? <laughs> no, because wow. I'm going to need that Uber. It's Amish Uber. Uber. They have a cool logo, too. So if you're not Amish and you still need an Uber, they'll take you. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, there's no air conditioning. Okay. <laughs> They'll put a, fa- a church fan <laughs> in the back. <laughs> church okay, I'm done with you. And on that note, <laughs> I'm done with you. Church fan, church, church fan in the back. Oh my God. All right, so uh, it's been an interesting show this morning, to say the least. But it's time for our final thoughts. And ladies are first around here. Doctor Prince's idea. Final thoughts. Well, thank you, Jay. Yes, it was a great show today. And I, again, just um, my condolences to the Franklin family and close friends and just all of the fans around the world. It's uh, We lost, well, we lost the queen of soul in, in, in physical, but she lives on in spirit. And I just want to say to everyone, have a great and fantabulous week. Create whatever it is that you want to be so in your life. Know that it is so and move forward. Also, pay attention because I will be posting online on um, social media regarding the show that we're going to air this week um, regarding Aretha Franklin in celebration of her life. And I just want to say thank you, everyone. Thanks, Jay. Thank you. Uh, 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, Mr. Spreeman, final thoughts? Hey, I want to say, uh, back up off of Amarosa while she's telling the truth. We got a really small window. So, <laughs> let her release her tape in her video and then go back and carry on as usual. That is all. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's my window. Man, it gets the first. That's good stuff, man. That's good. It may get the first and last word here on the serious side, Mr. L.E.S. Final Thoughts. My Angelou said it best, folks. She said if somebody tells you who they are, believe them. Donald Trump's been telling us who he is from the beginning. So believe him. He's a racist. There's not it should be a shock there, folks. It is who it is. He's a racist. Final thoughts uh, from Johnny D. Armorosa. There are no good intentions with this person. We should boycott her book and don't continue to give her a voice or nor prominence in our community. This person is an opportunist waiting for an opportunity to exploit African Americans because she knows Caucasians will not support her book of deception and lies. Although I don't agree with equating her to a lying dog, she has no value and must seek forgiveness from a much higher power. Ouch. And uh, we talked about losing legends. We lost uh, Aretha Franklin this week. Rest in peace. We also lost the former Secretary uh, General of the UN. But I lost someone personally as well. My dear cousin Monique passed away uh, last week uh, from ALS. And Monique was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful person. Um, Someone that just, well, when she walked into a room, she would just light the room up. And even though we knew this was coming, it's still uh, something that has just been devastating to the whole family. So to my dear cousin, my favorite cousin, whom I named my daughter after, after, uh, Monique Vincent Wilkes. I love you with all of my heart, and I miss you every, 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 every day. And on that note, Mr. L.E.S., if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Rob Show. Folks, as always, it's been a pleasure to serve you, and uh, may God bless you as you continue to do what you have to do in life. So for Dr. Princess Odia, for Jackie, for my main man, Johnny D, for Mr. Jerome Spree and Mr. Elliot, I'm Jay Rousey. Have a wonderful work week. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. God bless everybody. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.